Welcome to the audio podcast for Saturday Night Life. SNL is a ministry of Northridge Church, and our hope is that it will be a tool that blesses and encourages your walk with Jesus. If you want to learn more about SNL, Northridge Church, you can visit us at nrchurch.ca or join us for Saturday Night Life at 7 p.m. on Saturday evening. Until we meet, be blessed, and enjoy the word for this evening. I, you reminded me of of uh, uh, a fellow that used to be at Hilland, and every now every now and then, I let him know that I'm on the internet, and he's way up at uh, Burns Lake. So, I'm Jeremiah Tom, if you don't remember who he is, <laughs> Jeremiah, I'm on. So I know it's kind of rude to be texting in front of you guys, but I'm on. I'm letting him know. I don't care. Um, so. I always try to come here with a couple of stories before I start my sermons, and I was like, I had one, and then as soon as I saw the stage, I remember I had remembered a good one. So my wife, my wife, uh, before we had kids, my wife used to be a salesperson, and uh, she's been born. She, I think she out of the womb, she was a salesperson, and anyhow, she had done so well that she won free tickets to uh, Rolling Stones, Steel Wheel. Yeah, right. And uh, so Mick Jagger, Mick Jagger, the whole Stones. Uh, uh, stage was kind of like this. It had the long catwalk because, you know, the, the man likes to strut. And so my wife was down. I didn't get to go to either was the other thing. It was, it was only people from work, so I didn't get to go. So I was like, whatever, sad sack. I had my dinner by myself. I had no pets or cats or anything back then. So I just like, the total sad sack. And, <clears throat> and Janine, those of you who don't know, my wife's name is Janine. And uh, she was dancing right here on the stage on the catwalk. And I guess, you know, how Mick Jagger does his thing. He's all over everywhere. The whole band's here. And at the end of the concert, well, they all lined up, and they just shook everybody's hands, everybody's hands, everybody's hands. And my wife is like, Keith, I want to shake your hand. And so she, she comes home, and I'm dead asleep. I'm dead asleep. I'm just going to use Alex as my model. You're Steve, and I'm Janine, okay? <laughs> Steve, wake up, wake up. And this horrible smell, it was a horrible, sorry, buddy, not you. It was, it was a horrible stink, and it was Keith Richards. I said, what is that smell? I shook Keith Richards' hand, and it was just the stink of his Marlboros or whatever it was coming all over my wife. you got to go wash. I don't care who, whose hand you just shook. you got to go wash. And it's to- this story, this is to- it had nothing to do with Jesus, but that's a story. And it was, yeah, it was funny, and it made me think of it because my wife was just, She's a huge Stones fan, and yeah, it was so gross. Like, it was, I was sleeping, like, and you could uh, smell it, because, oh. But anyhow, sorry, that was, I told you that story to tell you, no. But uh, yeah, that was funny. It was funny. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> and, and another story, I, I just came back from holidays, and uh, where did I land? I landed, I landed last Friday, and I come to church Sunday <laughs> Sunday morning, and somebody who's usually here, he's not here today, walks up to me and goes, huh, I see the holidays have been good on you. He looks straight at my gut. <laughs> he looks straight in my belly. And now with no hesitation, his wife looked at him and went, what's the matter with you? But that's the first thing you had, like nice belly fat, so. <laughs> and I'm like, oh. And I quite like the kid, too. Yeah, and there, now I got that off my conscience so I can, I can move on. So uh, <laughs> we are reading out, rereading out. Oh, for those of you who don't know me, because I think there's some new faces here. 
uh, a couple of you. Steve is my name, by the way. I should have said that at the beginning. My name's Steve, and I'm a dad. And I'm a dad of, uh, for 21 years, and uh, I've been a husband for 33. And uh, I'm also a survivor of child abuse and childhood trauma. And uh, unfortunately, for all of us, for a lot of us, we share some of the, we have some common backgrounds. And Christmas has always been, up until I had my children, has always been, or was, always brutal for me. Always, I can remember, uh, I remember this one kid, this one kid, his name's Jeff, he, he lives way, I don't even know where he lives anymore, his name's Jeff, and his dad was a, I grew up in a town called Princeton, and his dad was fairly well off, Matt, or his family was fairly well off, and he comes up one day, and he's, he's legitimately sad and ticked, he's like, oh, Christmas is going to suck this year, and he was dead serious, I mean dead serious, I'm like, what, what Jeff, what can it be, we get to go to Hawaii, but I don't get any gifts, I wanted to kick him right in the beats. I swear. I'm like, really? That's your, that's your problem? Is that you can't, you're going to Hawaii without it. Because every year they went to Hawaii. Every year. It was about fail. Two weeks, Jeff and his whole family would go to Hawaii. And he was, he was almost, you know, the bottom lip was quivering and he just wanted to slap the lip. And he's like, oh yeah, I can't have no gifts on Christmas. I'm like, well, maybe the sand between the toes might help. Maybe the warm water might help. We were all, we were all, you know, as teenage boys, we had we showed no mercy, as you should, I think, to somebody that comes up and says that to me. But anyhow, I remember, sorry, I'm screaming. I, I remember, I remember vividly being disappointed with Christmas, and and looking out at the uh, every, every. I never quite get this part of the story, but every Christmas I would look for the star of Jesus, star of Bethlehem, as a little boy, and as a young man I would look and like, come on. Jesus, just show the light. Just, I want to see it. And, and it, up until I had children, every Christmas was, well, no, I've been married for 33 years, so the years before most of my wife were pretty good. I'm not going to lie. Those were great. When I, first met my, when I first met my wife and her family, that was the first Christmas where I actually felt that Christmas, I love at Christmas. But it wasn't until I had my children at uh, Christmas carols, I'd be singing, sitting in church, and I would just be crying because every Christmas was horrible and horrendous. And we, we'd be like minus 25 or minus 30, so you couldn't go outside, although you, I would, my brother and I would eventually go outside just to get away from the screaming and, just, and from all the mess at home. And Christmas, but, uh, Christmas essentially was a, uh, a day that I'd go for a hike just because... I just wanted to escape everything. And uh, so I truly hope, I know that was a not exactly an uplifting story so far, but I truly hope everybody's Christmas starts to change. If you had the similar, similar uh, uh, feelings about Christmas like I did, and because uh, <clears throat> I don't have, I have a pretty good Christmas now. I have a Christmas that's full of love and, and, and uh, <laughs> a lot more happiness. And oh, well, I was thinking of the story. While I was writing my sermon, there's these two old men that keep coming to my door, the Jehovah, Jehovah Witness guys. They keep coming and they're trying to tell me. They've been telling me. I mean, and we've been having these conversations. And the guy's old as dirt. I mean, old, old. Like, there's old, and then he's really old. And he comes in, and we have these conversations. He's like, Steve, you know, there's only a couple of people that are allowed in heaven. He believes in a limited number of people coming to heaven. And I'm like, no, you're wrong. He said, well, I'm just going to show you the Jesus Bible says right here. And I'm like, no, you're wrong. And then he says, uh, he said, well, no, I don't think. Uh, no, you're wrong. And I'm never coming to your church, but I enjoy these conversations. So 
So I'm writing out my sermon today. I hear, bing, bong. And I'm like, Joe, don't answer the door. It's the old guy again. And so he's a very sweet old man. And he comes with his buddy who's a little less old. So he's about the age of dirt. And the other guy is older than dirt. And, 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 sometimes, and so they, they wrote a little net, a note on my door and, you know, with their little tracks. Sorry, Steve, we missed you. But, and Joe, my youngest son, goes, Dad, I think they came just for you because they walked right to the door, hit the doorbell, and then they walked, and of course, the dogs went bananas, and they got in there, and they go, Dad, they just walked straight back to the car. They don't care about anybody else. I know, I know, Joe, they won't leave me alone. But I, actually, I quite enjoy their conversations. But uh, they are steadfast. They are steadfast in trying to prove me wrong. And I'm, my wife's like, you just stop. Just stop. I'm like, no, I'm loving it. I really quite enjoy going back and forth. And it's, just, it's respectful too, right? It's not where you're like, shut up, you're wrong. And he's like, shut up. No, he's very, well, Steve, you're entitled to your opinion, but I, JW says right here. And I'm like, well, you know what? And I'm, I'm freezing because sometimes I just walk out on my pajamas and talk to him and he doesn't care. So, but I quite enjoy it. But uh, hopefully I can, get, sorry, I keep screaming. I, I hope, hopefully we have common ground on my side, not his side, one day. <laughs> Sorry, that also came up, that reminded me. So I'm going I'm to read, we're going, out of two, two, um, we're going out of the Book of Mark in two different locations. So if you've got, uh, you want to put up Mark 11, please? Uh, verse, oh, there we go, 20. Bless, yeah, bless you, right in church, I didn't say, nice boys, thank you, bless you. So I... <laughs> Hashtag blast. The, uh, the, <laughs> so the, so <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm in a mood today. So, so anyhow, Mark 11, tw uh, 20 to 25, I'm going to read out. I'm going to go over that, and then we're going to go over the next section. So the next morning, as they passed the fig tree, he cursed Jesus. Oh, no, let me try the beginning. That evening, Jesus, uh, Jesus and the disciples left the city. The next morning, they passed... By the fig tree, Jesus had cursed. The disciples noticed the withered. Uh, it had withered from the roots up. And Peter remembered what Jesus had said to the tree in the previous day and exclaimed, Look, Rabbi, look. The fig tree you cursed has withered and died. And then Jesus said to the disciples, Have faith in God. I tell you the truth. You can say to this mountain, May you be lifted up and thrown, thrown into the sea, and it will happen. But you must really believe it will happen, and you have no doubt in your heart. I tell you, you can pray for anything, and if you believe that, and if you believe that you've received it, it will be yours. But when you are praying first, forgive anyone you are holding a grudge against, so that your Father in heaven will also forgive you of your sins too. And uh, so. It sounds pretty awesome when you read it, and it is awesome. It's because I was talking to, so it says, the part I, I, the part I remember coming from my past, is when uh, having, have faith in God. I didn't have faith in myself, let alone, how could I have faith in God that put me in this, in this family where I am constantly seeing my brothers and sisters and mother being abused? How do I have faith in something? Why would God do that to me? And I, I, I don't know if, if you uh, you were here and you heard my story, but it 
It was my father, to, to, to get a complete understanding, it was my father that rejected God and rejected everything that what Jesus represented, the greatest commandment above all of these is love one another. And he, had, he was the walking example of the absence of love. And that was how my house became my house. So, so as a young man, I, I remember when uh, uh, reading this and, and hearing this, have faith in God. How do you have faith? I have no faith in myself. People let me, I can remember growing up liking, you know, young man, you like girls, and you're like, if you remember, I remember this girl I liked, I really liked her. And she uh, went on one date, and she's like, nope, nope. It was that, it was like, there was something wrong. Right off the bat, she saw, she's like, nope, this is not going to work. And she said that, nope, this is not, not quite with a deep voice, but because that, but she's like, nope, this is not going to work. I remember her name is Cindy. To this day, I remember Cindy just walked. No, no, Steve, no. And it was so disappointing because I, I put faith in this girl. I thought, you know what, I'm gonna, this is where I'm going to find love. And there was numerous girls that I would, that sounds seedy when I say it like that, but there was other women that I would put, try to put my love in and thought, this is where I'm going to find my love. This, is, this hug is going to give me the love. <laughs> Nope. <laughs> it's because that's the way she said it too. It was like no, and and it's so. But they and then I, I on verse verse twenty three, it says, uh, <laughs> "I tell you the truth." He, and this is the thing. It's the, it is the truth. He is telling us the truth, and it will happen. And you have to believe. And and the thing of it is that you have to believe is, I'm I know I'm looking at a couple of men here that are the walking truth of the example of believing, me being one of them. And, and, and I have no doubt. And, and, and it took me a while. I have to tell you, I didn't believe it at the beginning because you see, you see those guys on TV. I remember seeing the guys on TV and then when I was probably your age. The guys, oh, actually, I was probably younger than you, Alex. I was really young. And, 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 and you would hear all the people were being being arrested, and people were doing things that were not exactly cool for people to stand up here and to be on TV on top of it. And, and, and you're like, oh, really? There's another guy I don't believe in or another guy that I can't put my trust in. And, and, and it also harkens back to, <laughs> I had to say heroes growing up. I remember have, having heroes like uh, my father in particular. And uh, he had the same chubby fingers as me. And I remember holding on to his fat little fingers. And, and, and like I said, I've told you guys before, holding my, walking my dad's and then hearing him crush the gravel like a giant, thinking, this man is fantastic. And I remember uh, uh, my other hero was John Wayne. I love John Wayne. Until I recently found out that he was a humongous racist. So that part was not great. So placing your... your, your and, I, and my son is named after one of the characters in his movies, too, which I'm like, oh, my goodness. I, when I was a little boy, I always used to play. One of my characters, when we played, we always played, I'm sorry, cowboys. And actually, we'd play cowboys and indigenous people of, of North America together. <laughs> and I mean that with the utmost respect. I mean, I, mean, don't, I don't want to be disrespectful, but we called it a different name in the 70s. And, and, and because I actually played with indigenous kids. And it was the little boy's dream come true because they, and we were just, it was just the time. They had the rubber tomahawks and the rubber knives and we had the cap guns and they would wail the tar out of us with the rubber tomahawks. I'm not kidding you. They would wail and they had showed no mercy. 
and, and, they, and they jump out of the trees and boom. But I was always Sam McCord. Sam McCord was a, a, a John Wayne character from north from Alaska. And my son is Sam. So now I'm stuck with this. Actually, I didn't tell Sam that part, but. So no, that's, a, that's probably a little more actually to the Bible story than you were willing to hear today, but I share with you. But, but what I'm getting at is faith in God, putting your faith in other people, even my own father, who I thought was the man, and my, the ultimate man, who I saw on the movie screens, who I thought embodied everything of good and right, ultimately was not good and right. And, and I remember this lady on, in verse 24, I tell you, you can pray for anything. And, and the, the Amplified Version says this, for this reason I am telling you, whoever or whatever things you ask for in prayer in accordance, here's, here's the caveat, here's the caveat that people have to understand. And I had a long conversation with a lady a while, uh, about a year ago actually, in accordance with God's will. This lady was telling me that, that, that she, the way that she realized who, that God was real, that she prayed for crack. She prayed that crack would show up in the, in, 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 and, and I don't want to, I don't want to, I'm not saying this to, 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 to remotely mock the lady or belittle the poor lady because she had, she was desperate. She was in a spot of pure need and, spirit, and pure desperation and she prayed to God that she would find crack and that the, if there was crack in that alley, that would be the answer, that there is a God. And sure enough, she found crack through some, some yeah, you can, yeah, I know, it's awkward. And, and she found crack. And I'm like, I'm going to tell you right now. I say, this is me talking to this young lady. The caveat here is in accordance to God's will. If I, somebody cuts me off and I go, God, I hope that guy gets hit by a truck. I'm pretty sure that's not going to be his, 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 in accordance to God's will, as is a, a nice serving. I don't know what the serving of crack is or whatever it shows up, because I, I was a drinker. I never did any of that stuff. <sighs> yeah, so that was not in accordance to God's will. That was just a fluke of nature of something that showed up. So this is what I'm, when you pray, it's in according to God's will and, to, and, 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 and like I say, it's, it's within, if it's in this Bible, sorry, in this Bible, this is my digital Bible, if it's in here, if it doesn't fit in here, he's not going to answer it. If it's wrong, if it's not going to be good for your life and your life and your life, and it's not going to edify him and be a demonstration of love, because crack isn't the definition of love. Or finding an alcoholic finding a bottle, or somebody says something bad to my kid, I'm like, oh God, just I wish you would just smack that man in the head. Because the greatest commandment is love, to love one another, right? To, to, to love your neighbor. And of the greatest of these is love, is, is I can't exp I, I know I go over and over and over. And in verse 25 it says, But when you're praying, first forgive anyone you're holding a grudge against. So that your Father in heaven will also forgive your sins. And I remember this one was, this was the hardest pill in my entire life to swallow, as I'm sure it is a hard pill for people here to swallow. Well, actually, people here, people anywhere that have a breath. Forgive the person that's wronged you. Forgive the person that molested you. Forgive the person that, that you had to peel off your sister. Forgive the person that did something to your little brother or your mother. 
the Amplified Version, uh, Romans, Romans uh, 12, 17, never repay. And, and <laughs> actually, it's fun, is it? I know I'm kind of serious and not being serious, but we got a bit of a neighborhood squabble. My son's got this ginormous, ridiculous truck. Unfortunately, he loves it. He's got the wheels skated out, and it sounds loud, and it's stupid, and it aggravates the neighbors. So the, now the neighbors want to park in front of my house all the time, and my wife's like, oh, they parked right in front of my house again. So my wife, she's got a little camera on her car and a little sensor, so she, so she goes, beep, 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 and then And that's the sound it makes. Not quite as stupid as that, but it makes a sound. So she parks like this way from the bumper. And so I found this today, too, because it applies. And, oh, I, you'd think when you'd find the Bible, you could win against an argument with your wife, but apparently you don't. <laughs> Romans 12, 17, never repay evil for evil. She's like, really, Steve? Really? That's evil? What's evil? I'm like, honey, come on. Take that thought for what is right and gracious and be proper in the sight of everyone. 18, if possible... If possible, as far as it depends on, live at peace with everyone. With everyone. Right? I know, right? And she didn't like that either. She just rolled her eyes. She full on. Stop it right now. Are you really preaching to me right now? She said. I swear she said that. I said, well, no, no, no. I'm just, just, that's just the gospel, honey. That's all it is. Just the gospel. You can argue with the gospel. And then I shut up and backed away. But this is what I'm saying. When you, when you, <laughs> Carolee's going, oh no. <laughs> I can see you totally doing it. But it's true. She's a pretty powerful woman, my wife. But, the, uh, but honestly, you guys, I know I'm joking a little bit, but the crux of it all is this. When you pray, have faith in God, full understanding faith, full undying faith that God, I am praying for recovery. I am praying that I never have a temptation again. I'm praying that when temptation comes across, that I'm strong enough to say no and walk away from it. I pray that, that, because that's in the Bible. He's saying, I want you whole. I want you to be the young man, and young women, that, that you were meant to be. Without a doubt. Because he loves us and made us not to be like, addicted and, and not, being the, not maximizing who we were meant to be. And I'm not saying to be a rich person or a rock star, just to be happy and healthy and a walking in shoes that, 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 that you love him and he loves you. And, and it says, it says, gentlemen, and, and here's the other thing. I know there's, there's, there's uh, and thank God you do. Sometimes there's men that come back and keep coming back and keep coming back, and thank God you do, gentlemen, that do keep coming back. Thank God. Because that is also the answer to your prayer, too, about please help me become sober. Thank you, God, for letting me there be a place for me to come to that's going to take me back and back, and that, and, and that I, can, I can be sober. If you go to the next... Uh, next is uh, this, this is how the Amplified Version, we're going to Mark 12, uh, sorry, 12. And i got to see if I can get my Bible to work, my digital, oh, there we go. I always, my fat thumbs always overpress things. So it's Mark 12, oh, right there. I, I, I impressed myself, I did it right off the bat. Right off the bat. 
Jesus began to speak to them, the chief priests, scribes, and elders who were questioning him. In parables, a man, a man planted a vineyard and put it, a wall all around it and dug a pit for the wine press and built a tower. And he rented it out to tenant farmers and left the country. When the harvest season came, he sent a servant to the tents, uh, tenants in order for it to collect, collect from them some fruit of the vineyard. They took him, and they beat him, and sent him away empty-handed. Again, he sent some other servants, and they said, and they threw stones at him, wounded him in the head, and treated him disgracefully. And he sent another, and they killed that one, and many others, and some beat, and some, some, they, some they beat, and some they killed. He still had one man left to send, his beloved son. He sent him last, Last of all, saying to them, they will respect my son. But those tenants said to each other, this man's the heir. Let's kill him. These guys are obviously weren't the sharpest knives in the drawer. And, they de and destroy the evidence, and his inheritance will be ours. So they took him and killed him and threw his body outside the vineyard. <clears throat> what will the vineyard owner do? Will he come and destroy the tenants? Will he give the vineyard to the others? Have you, have you not even read this scripture? And I love this scripture. I love this scripture. And I've, I've talked about this, I don't know how many times in Helen. The stone which the, which the builders regarded as unworthy and rejected, this very stone has become the chief cornerstone. This came out from the Lord and is marvelous and wonderful in our eyes. And for those of you who don't, quite get the, and I'm not very good with the parables, so I always have to look at what everything is. The vineyard, if you don't know, is Israel. And the servants were the prophets that God kept sending for the people of Israel. Like, guys, stop doing stupid stuff all the time. And they, they didn't stop doing stupid stuff all the time because people are people. And the, it's just the vine, the, I remember as a, as a kid, I, I, I worked as a ranch hand for a little while. And I worked for these, these guys, the, 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 the ranchers, they were tenants of the, of the farm. They worked on behalf of the owner, and we bailed the hay and all that. Again, back to my John Wayne days when I was a kid, and I thought, this is the coolest thing in the world. It was not. It was super hard work, and I was scratched up, and I got sick all the time because I worked like a maniac, but I loved it. I still thought it was so much fun. But it's just, they turned against the owner, and, and, and they, this guy... The owner, says the, the owner of the vineyard, clearly God, said patiently the owner kept sending people. He had so much love. God had so much love for the people of Israel. It's like, okay, you know what? This time I'm going to send Alex. Alex, you go talk to them. Nope. They beat him up. I'm going to send Bobby this time. Bobby, go talk to them. You, Bobby, you got to be able to do it this time. Nope. They throw rocks at him and, and, and they kill him. And then finally, finally, his beloved son. I'm going to send him, because surely his greatest commandment is love. And, 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 and nope. They, 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 they killed him. And they actually, this is, I know, but I'm probably stating the obvious. Jesus is telling the story, but he's also foretelling what's coming pretty soon, in the next couple of weeks of, of our Saturdays here. He's telling, letting everybody know that, hey, the, 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 wine, the, the, the vineyard keeper's son is, is going to be put on a cross. 
And these people rejected. And, 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 and you reject. The rejection of the, of, the, of, of the Son is a rejection of Christ and a rejection of hope. And I want to tell you about... I lost my place now. There it is. I'm in construction. I've been in construction for far too long. And, I, and every time... My wife and I went on a holiday years and years and years ago. And there was a church we saw. It was in Italy. And that's one stone. They called it the cornerstone. And I have, and when I worked, I used to build high rises and bridges and all this stuff. I'm a a welder. Now I don't do any of that. Now I used to weld on gas lines too. So it doesn't matter. But all marks were made from the benchmark. Everybody looked for the benchmark or the cornerstone. And then this church, this one church was built from a, a stone. They hewed the stone out. They, they squared it off. They leveled it. And this church was huge. It took 200 years to build this church. But that cornerstone right there was their guide for everything. That benchmark that I took all my measurements for pipe to go in was my guide for everything. And what I'm getting at is the benchmark of our life, our guide for everything. For every time we think, you know what? This is too hard. This is, this is no good. I made a mistake. I'm, I'm no good. I, 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 I know a, f- a fellow a while ago, he, he, asked, he, he took some medicine that was in the stuff that he shouldn't be taking. And he's like, oh, screw it. There's no, no, no turning back now. I've done this. I might as well just keep going the rest. That's a lie. The, 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 the cornerstone, the man, the, the, the man, the, the, the son of God, who we place everything with, against, rejects all that. The excuse is, you're still worthy. You're still lovable. I want, could you show that picture? If it, it has, this is, this is the statue of David. I saw the statue. This is in Florence. It was built by Michelangelo. And it's 30, 30 feet tall, and it's completely naked, actually. So that's, I had to Google a picture where you didn't have to see the rest of the, rest of the gear, right? But, but take a look at the arms. Take a look at the arms. This whole thing was a rejected piece of marble. It was rejected. The guy before Michelangelo said, no, I can't build anything out of this. There's nothing out of that stone that I can build that's going to come of anything good. And, 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 and I thought, what a perfect example of us and me when I was a young man. There was nothing that I thought could be built good out of me. There was no way I was going to be a good, that I could have been chiseled out and sanded the edges off for my Savior to make me a good dad. Because my father constantly told me, he says, you know, I never had a good dad. It's not my fault that I punch you and slap you around. It's not my fault. I never had a good dad. And I'm like, uh, this, was my, this was my dilemma now growing up because I certainly didn't have a good dad, but all I ever wanted in my heart was to be a good dad and be a good husband and just be a good, decent human being. The man who thought he could carve that went, no, nah, this is junk. Michelangelo came up and went, you know what? I can, I can put a head here, I can put a chest here, I can put, look, you walk up to that, and it's like looking at my hand. You can see the veins. You can see the, where the bones you, should be. It looks like a 30, other than the eyes, which look a little creepy, the rest of it looks like a 30-foot human being just standing there. Like, 
What more? From a man who picked, who found the marble, what more could our Savior and God do for us and has done for us? Because I'm telling you right now, I'm looking at one man and another man who are walking examples of what Jesus can do in your life. For sure. And if there's any doubt, I, I was suicidal. I drank too much. I was depressed. I hated who I was. I never thought I was ever going to have a future or that there was a possibility that I could be a father that didn't smack his children or didn't cuff his wife. Those were the fears I lived with. Jesus, and, and your, your, your songs today, Alex, were like a sermon in themselves. I'm sitting there listening, and I was writing some notes. He legitimately orchestrates our rescue. As soon as I heard that line, I went, I went back and got a piece of paper and I wrote it down. Because that's what he did to me. He orchestrated my rescue. And I know he orchestrated our, the people here who rescue too. We are here not because by fluke. I see your faces and I love your faces and I love seeing your faces when I'm standing up here. And, I, well, and when I'm out there, I like seeing them too. But for real. So... Our cornerstone is, and, and it's funny, I, was, I, was, I get these inspirations all the time. I was listening to Public Enemy. Uh, uh, I'm not even kidding you. I was listening to Public Enemy, and the song is about rise up, and one of the lines, rise up, stand up. Flavor Flav is screaming it, right? Rise up, stand up. I'm like, that's exactly it. Rise up and pray and stand up against any addiction, any temptation, anything that, that any horrible thought that says, I've gone past too far. I've done it. I dipped into, and, and I drank or I used, now there's no point of coming back. We all know that's a lie. And I just, I don't know, Alex, you want to, I'm, I'm on a roll, but you want to, band, you guys want to come up and finish the song, and I just want to pray for you. Thank you for joining us for FNL Life. If you want to learn more about this ministry, or if you want to talk to somebody about what you heard in this podcast, please email us at snlchurch.ca. We'd love to get to know you better. Until then, be safe, be blessed. Thank you.